You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. If we go to what took place, we understand that humanity was in a very bad place, that things weren't how they should be. They weren't how God designed them to be. And the only solution wasn't a sacrificial lamb once in every year, but it was actually paying a price once and for all for the atonement of all people from all nations and all places and spaces. And the Son of God is born into the world. He lived as a servant to His creation. But at that point in the time where it came, when He was ready to be that sacrifice, we find He's betrayed by one of His crew. And then he goes into a trial situation, which is a sham of a trial. <laughs> People's stories and, and declarations of how he was bad and done things wrong, they didn't line up. But not only that, in the face of that, one of his other close companions denies him three times. Pilate and Herod, knowing the, he was innocent, but they didn't want to stick their neck out there, they go and let the crowd dictate whether the Saviour would live or die. And they declared that he be killed and a murderer be set free. Then he's tortured, humiliated far beyond what the warrant for his accusations were even entitled. He's now then forced to carry a cross, which was the cause of his death, outside the city walls, because the reason it was outside the city walls is because he was actually no longer considered worthy to be executed inside the city walls. Taking on the sins of all of humanity, he actually then slowly dies upon this wooden rugged cross. Not a fast death, but a slow death. For the wounds that he received, he breathes his last breaths. He's killed by the ones he lived for. He's killed by the ones he loves. I don't know about you, but Easter can be such a mix of emotion. In one way, you're looking at it and it's just like, man, it's so brutal. It's so awful. It's terrible. But the thing is, it's two-part. It's like a double-sided coin. One part, you look at it and you think it's so brutal, so horrific, so hard. But the other way, you look at it and you think, man, Easter is amazing. We sit here on Easter Sunday and we're like, it's terrific. It's triumphant. It's actually brilliant. Because what we have to understand and what we know here sitting here today is that it wasn't the end of the story. Yes, he died. He breathed his last breath. Yes, he was then placed within a tomb that was borrowed. But it tells us that three days later, come on, he resurrects back to life. Come on, he's beaten death. He's conquered sin. He trampled the grave. He walks free of the tomb. He reinstates the denier. He reunites with the friends. He reestablishes the doubter. And he empowers everyone every single one of us who would believe in Him. He he empowers us with a divine purpose to see His kingdom come and His will be done. See, it goes from brutal, awful and terrible to awesome, brilliant and triumphant. If we were to just look at Easter from one angle, you're thinking, mate, it's just terrible. This is just, just, it's just the worst. And we must remember what Jesus did in going through to be in this point here today. But we can't stay at the point of His death. We've got to go to the point that He's alive, that He lives. But knowing that human nature, I guess, is forgetfulness, self-centeredness, familiarity comes so quickly. Jesus, before He goes, He says to the disciples in the upper, uh, during Passover meal, he, he sits them together and He says, but I want you to do something. When you gather together, I want you to remember me. And he takes 
a loaf of bread and he breaks it. And he takes this wine and he passes it out. And he says, this, this bread represents my body. And this wine, it represents the blood that was shed for the atonement of your sins. Come on, don't, don't, don't think, just, don't just remember a moment. No, no, don't just remember. The, the, but come close back to the fact of who I am. <laughs> let grace flow freely, regularly. Don't let it be a one-off moment. Don't let it be just a salvation story. Let it be a grace flowed freely moment always. And it says this in Matthew 26. It says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. <laughs> then he broke the pieces and he gave it to his disciples saying, take, take this and eat. This is my body. Let's hold there for a minute. I'm not sure about you, but I love it when, you know, I love communion anytime, don't get me wrong. But I love it when there's not like, when there's stations and you get to go up and you get to choose how much bread you want. Some people are so polite, they're like, oh. <laughs> I'm kind of like, okay, let's look at how many people in the room. Let's look at how much is there. I mean, if 50% take a smidgen and the other blokes take a good chunk, I reckon there's a good loaf. I kind of do the sneaky like I'm just taking a little bit, but I dive right into the belly. And then you just show the little crumb, like, I've only got a little bit. And then you're like, oh, so good. I remember when I was 10 years old in a little community church, top of Western Australia, a new lady family came along, spitting crumbs. A new family lady came along and she had a little toddler there in herself and we had used to have crackers and you'd break the cracker. Anyone remember the little crackers? You'd break a cracker and take a corner. She like saw the bowl come along. She's like, this is awesome. <laughs> Gave a couple of crackers to a child, took a couple of crackers for herself and passed it on. I thought, man, then Lord, there's someone that's going to get saved today. I think maybe she had a, more of a perspective of what the bread was than I did. See, the bread back in biblical times wasn't an appetizer. It wasn't a starter. It wasn't a little bit on the side. The bread was the main thing. The bread was the main meal. Notice there were five loaves and two fish. By accident? No, because it was, he couldn't afford any more fish. No, because the bread was the main meal. Everything added to the bread. Bread didn't add to everything else. See, the Bible tells us that He is the bread of life, <laughs> which is saying He's not a little starter, a little appetizer, a little portion on the side. He's not a little smidgen. Now, we only get a little piece, but He's not just a little bit. <laughs> There's a whole lot of Jesus. He's saying, you know what? I'm enough for you. Come on, I'm the bread of life that satisfies every desire. I'm the bread of life that quenches every desire. I'm the bread of life that enables and sustains and enables you to go forward. Come on, don't just look at me and have a little bit. Come on, don't just have enough for me on a Sunday. No, no, I am enough for you at all times. People here are going, yeah, but I'm gluten-free. He's the bread of life. And no one can live in the fullness of Christ, free of Christ. You're all going to be heartbroken to know that we're handing out trays in a moment's time and you don't get to take a big chunk. I'm the bread. I'm the bread. He's enough for you. As we have communion today, I want to ask you, is He the main thing? Is He the main meal in your life? 
Is He the main place of hope? Is He the main place of grace? Is He the main place of satisfaction? Is He the main place of the sense of purpose? Is He the main place of your identity? Is He the main place of your value? Is He the main place you get your purpose from? Is He the main thing? Oh, but there's so much other buffet out there. Don't have the bread. That'll fill you up. No, have the bread. (laughs) He'll fill you up. He'll fill you up. Verse 27, then he took the cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it and he gave it to them and he said, each of you drink from it. For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. It's amazing. He likened the wine. He likened the wine to his blood that flows down. This is something that he was giving for us. Something that flowed down his body for us. It was awesome on Thursday night. We had the whole foyer set up. We had that thing called the watch and and a great handful of people came. But I, I wish many more came because the Prince of God here was amazing. And there's just awesome little stalls that you got to go and reflect and have time. And next year when we do it, you got to come along. Just come for half an hour, an hour. But you come for an hour and you want to stay for five. Like it was just so good. People wanting to sleep. People bring pillows. And like, anyway, so I'm sitting there and I go to the communion table and I'm sitting at the table and, and all of a sudden I find myself, I'm just popping grapes because there was a beautiful setup just like this. And, I, and I'm just reading, you know, reading the Bible in Matthew 26. And I'm like, oh, that's good stuff. And all of a sudden I... I catch myself and I'm thinking, I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> People are looking like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? Has he got gluttony? What is it? So in that moment, I, as I put another one in, I kind of stopped. I was like, oh. And then I realized, the grape in my mouth is a grape. There's no denying that that's a grape. Stop laughing, it's not how I pictured it turning out. <laughs> it's a grape. No one's going to deny that it's not a grape. But what was amazing is, is I had this revelation. It's not till you crush it that what's within it actually flows. The fullness is there. <laughs> the potential is there. Everything is there, but it wasn't till it was crushed that all of a sudden it flows. And the juices of it flow when you're left wanting more and more and more. It's amazing because the Bible tells us in Isaiah 53 that He was crushed for our iniquities. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was punished. It was the punishment that brought, sorry, it was His punishment that brought us peace. It was all placed upon Him. And by His wounds, we are healed. I want to tell you that it was in the death of Jesus. Come on, that the fullness of God started to flow. The fullness of God was always there, but it was when Jesus came and He died and He was pierced that the fullness of what was available to all of us started to flow. Come on, because He died on the cross and the blood of Jesus flowed, I now have the fullness of grace flowing into my life. I have the fullness of hope flowing into my life. I have the fullness of joy flowing into my life. I have unconditional love flowing into my life. I have hope for a better tomorrow flowing in my life. I have the wonder of His presence flowing in my life. What I love this morning is that as we have communion together, I really believe there's going to be a, just a fresh flow. It didn't come easy, and it didn't come cheap. God gave His very best. He gave His Son, Jesus. 
What I love about this picture that's been the theme, I guess, of Easter for us this year, it's a picture from the Sicilian Chapel where it portrays the hand of God stretching out towards Adam. And it's amazing because when we think about what he's saying in this word, when he says, take, eat, drink, the Bible tells us we don't have to jump through a whole lot of hoops, but once you know the grace of God, you'd jump through any hoop. You'd pay any price. You'd you'd do whatever you can to stay in that place. But he doesn't make us enslave us and say it's by your works. No, it was started in grace and it'll always be grace. He asks us to believe in him and follow him. And the moment we respond from our heart, what's powerful is that God comes into our life and he takes hold of us. It's like we think we take hold of him. No, no, he takes hold of us. Now, our arm lifted high is is a response to our heart's decision to say, God, yes, it's an international sign of pick me. Pick me. But it's not about then us doing our works to get to Him. No, the moment the Bible says that we believe, all of a sudden, all of heaven comes to us. Take forgiveness. Come on, take grace. Take transformation in your life. Take the fact that the old is washed away and the new has come. Take a sense of purpose. Take some identity that means you don't have to appease the people in your workplaces. You don't have to act like the other kids in your school. No, no, take hope. Take joy. Take love that's undeserved and and that you can't get rid of. Take it all here. Take and remember. Come on, are you with me this morning? Take and remember. For on that cross, everything was done. For it is finished. Was his time finished? Yes, but not, that was not what he was saying. What he was saying is death, it's finished. <laughs> it's finished. Here's life, take it. Here's a new beginning, take it. He reached down to us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.